Welcome back to another episode of Jake's Takes. My name is Jake. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode of the podcast. And on this week's episode, we're going to be looking at the Houston Rockets and really just discussing where they go from here. We just got the John Wall Westbrook trade. We have, um, seems like a lot of disgruntled players, a new coach, a new organization, and we'll discuss. And we're going to look at if James Harden's getting moved or if their team is staying with what they got. So... Yeah, let's get moving. So the Houston Rockets went into this offseason with question marks. We knew that they weren't the greatest team in the Western Conference. Uh, There were issues with their small ball lineup. And then we get the news that Mike D'Antoni is no longer with the team. He ended up going um, somewhere else um, and is no longer with the Houston Rockets. We also saw Daryl Morey step down as the guy and ended up going to um, Philly. Now, it was, I think, a mutual parting of ways with Daryl Morey and the Houston Rockets, unlike the D'Antoni situation, which they just got rid of him. In Houston, they brought Raphael Stone up from his uh, position and made him uh, into the general manager, taking over from Morey. We saw the Dallas Mavericks assistant coach, Stephen Silas, who has been an assistant coach for I think it said like 20 years. He's now the head coach in Houston, so you have an inexperienced guy in the general manager position. You have a very good assistant coach, but inexperienced when it comes to head coaching outside of maybe a few games in his career. Um, Steven Silas uh, taking over the helm. And so you have a team that is still kind of where they are. We saw Christian Wood as the big signing of the offseason. And then we saw Russell Westbrook get traded with uh, James, uh, John Wall coming back in the fold with a first-round pick. Uh, we saw Covington get traded. Now, when they traded traded for Covington, I thought of this as, okay, they're looking to rebuild. Because why would you get this guy, trade away Clint Capella, trade away a first-round pick just to get Covington and then trade him away later on? Very confusing. And so, to me, I thought this was a rebuild. And then getting rid of Westbrook for John Wall was basically um, another, I thought, rebuild move. Because you're like, okay, well, Westbrook's not going to get us too much. Let's try and see if John Wall for a first-round pick works out. And if John Wall has a great season, maybe he's got value. Maybe teams will throw some picks our way if they need a veteran who can actually play basketball. But John Wall's injury history has said otherwise. Um, but if he does turn out to be healthy enough, then maybe at the deadline someone will take him off the, the Rockets' hands. And so I thought that was, I guess, another kind of rebuilding move, getting the draft pick more so uh, just for that. And so, you know, they still have Eric Gordon. They still have P.J. Tucker. They still um, have, you know, some of the other role players. Um, Harden is still there. But it just seems like they're looking at the rebuild for their next move because I don't see them really doing anything else at this point. They have a new head coach and they brought in a new general manager. It seems like that's kind of the signs that maybe this is not the the team with Harden that they're looking for and maybe they can get what they can and move on and start from scratch. And, you know, trade away players like PJ Tucker and Eric Gordon and Daniel House and Ben McElmore and get assets, and get value, and get picks, or young players, or something, to um, make the situation work, and so, yeah, I think, you know, 
this could potentially be the case. And, you know, I think there's a lot going for um, a team like Houston if they wanted to get rid of Harden and these other guys. And so, um, yeah, let's uh, start with the role players. We're going to look at Ben McLemore and Daniel House, both of which are moderate players with decent upside. I mean, they're guys who could average 10 points a game or 12 points a game on the right team. I think for a playoff contending team, being role players off the bench is pretty solid spots for them. I think there are a number of you know playoff caliber teams in the league, Utah, Denver, Phoenix, um, the Lakers, Clippers, pretty much any team out there could in theory trade for either of these guys or both of these guys just because they make in Macklemore's case, two million, and um, House's case, three and a half million. So it's not like you're giving up too much to get these guys. And you know they're not going to cost you a first-round pick. They're going to probably just be role players. Maybe you trade an unwanted contract with a second-round pick, and maybe that's enough for Houston to you know bite and throw these guys out to the Wolves and send them somewhere else. So I could see these two guys if they start their rebuild getting moved to another team you know indiana and there are other teams out there the spurs potentially if they're trying to push for the playoffs or lakers clippers celtics toronto philly they're all teams that could use these guys and if you're looking for that x factor role player who can come off the bench and give you 10 points and can be someone to rely on as a rotation player then these are two guys that could make sense. Then we go to P.J. Tucker and Eric Gordon. I think Tucker's value is slightly lower, although he is a cheaper contract in a one-year contract. So I think Eric Gordon on a majority of uh, playoff teams would also be a good fit. He's going to cost you a lot more. Again, I don't know if he's going to cost you a first-round pick. But at the same time, he is uh, a very valuable piece, a veteran piece, and he is definitely a great defensive anchor, and he has a lot of experience as a small ball five, and so you could theoretically play him at the three, four, or five, um, and he can defend in a lot of those positions. And so, you know, there are a lot of teams that you might say, okay, this could be a spot. Denver, Boston has their trade exception. Toronto has some money. You know, Philadelphia could try and make something happen because they do have Mike Scott. And so if you throw Mike Scott and a couple of second round picks at the uh, Rockets, maybe that gets uh, P.J. Tucker to Philly. The Lakers could potentially do something down the line. The Clippers as well. And so he has a lot of value. And then we have Eric Gordon, who, in my opinion, is very valuable because of his three point shooting. And I've thought of uh, doing some sort of Miles Turner for. Eric Gordon trade because I think in theory Indiana needs a shooter and more importantly they need someone who can play any position outside of that center because they do have the Turner Sabonis fit which is not great so if you're Boston or you're another team out there you can go out for Eric Gordon but in this case Indiana trading Turner he's young he fits on Christian Woods timeline you know, Indiana can put him at the small forward and then put T.J. Warren at the power forward, and that kind of secures your starting group there with Oladipo and uh, Brogdon and then Sabonis down low. Um, you know, I think you could see Gordon working in that situation. 
You know, you could also see him in Toronto if they wanted to maybe, um, if the Rockets wanted to get a little bit younger with someone like Norman Powell, who's 27. He's not, you know, young, but he's in his prime. You know, you could go to another spot out there, maybe uh, down the line you could try and do something involving Kelly Oubre if the Golden State Warriors are looking for someone with a little bit more um, of a veteran presence. Maybe Oubre might be a, a longer-term fit for Houston, whereas he's maybe a good fit for Golden State, Eric Gordon, if he can be a starter this year and then potentially when Clay comes back healthy, come off the bench as a six-man. So there's options right there. I think Eric Gordon has a lot of value as well. And then we get to James Harden, who... I think has control of his own destiny. Steven Silas has said when, you know, James Harden comes back, we'll talk. But um, he's giving him space because when you're a superstar at this point, and obviously James Harden's frustrated. He can say what he wants, but we all know he's frustrated, you know. Making it to the finals in the Western Conference and losing to Golden State and then making the playoffs year after year and losing to these teams and just not having that success. And they played OKC and they just couldn't, you know, couldn't get over that hurdle. Uh, it went to seven games. They ended up winning, but they didn't get past that next round. Um, it just was one of those things where maybe he's frustrated and maybe he wants to go somewhere else. And, you know, unlike a lot of these other stars, James Harden doesn't have the luxury of being a one-year contract where he can use that to his advantage. I think for Anthony Davis, for Kyrie, for Kawhi, for a lot of these superstars who are on one-year contracts and they go out there and say, yeah, I don't want to be here. I think for them, it's one of those situations where they hold the leverage because they can say, okay, I'll stick around and I'll, you know, play out my contract and I'm going somewhere else. Um, and that's, you know, what's going to happen. Anthony Davis and his representation team, more so his representation team said, look, if you want to trade for Anthony Davis, go ahead. He'll play out his year. He'll do his thing. He's not going to be a problem, but he's leaving. And whether or not he would have gone to the Lakers in free agency, or whether that's just LeBron James' buddy Rich Paul just blowing smoke up every other team's ass to get his player to Los Angeles, um, who knows? But he and a lot of Anthony Davis's team said, we'll play out the year, we'll do our thing, and that's it, you know? James Harden has two years, so James Harden is not someone that has to get traded because he's not going to be a free agent after next year, which means James Harden um, is still under the Rockets' control. Now, if he causes issues, you know, then that's one thing. I think Tillman Ferretta has said that he's willing to make this an uncomfortable situation for James Harden, which for a superstar, you don't really want to do that. And so I think there is a trade coming. I think there are a lot of teams out there who could potentially trade for James Harden and I think they may or may not um, want to do it. But if the right offer comes up, maybe Tillman Ferretta gives the A-OK. -okay and he just says, go ahead, let's do it. Because like I said, you traded away Covington to get draft picks. You traded away Russell Westbrook for John Wall to get draft picks. Because we all know Westbrook's a better player at this point than uh, John Wall. And he's a lot healthier. So you get to Harden and the right offer comes, you get it. So now what I want to do is look at the top 10 James Harden trade destinations, and this is just my opinion. These are the top 10 teams, and this is ranked on A, if their um, playoff abilities, and if James Harden would be um, okay with the situation, if they have enough assets, 
So number one is Philadelphia. And James Harden has said Brooklyn and Philadelphia would be his preferred locations. He wants to be a contender. Philadelphia has uh, theoretically some young players, some draft picks. They have um, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. I think Simmons would be the piece that gets moved because we all know what Joel Embiid is. I think Simmons is young and would be more appealing to the Houston Rockets, seeing as they could kind of build around Ben Simmons. Uh, you can't in today's NBA build around a big man like Embiid. Um, and so I think Philadelphia would be the perfect spot for James Harden. I think he'd be a good fit there as maybe a ball-handling you know, point guard. They don't have too many on their roster, and so he could be sort of that ball-dominant guy. Then we have number two on our list, and this is just my opinion, which is the Brooklyn Nets. And my only issue is the Kyrie Harden fit, which I think for you know a situation where you have two ball-dominant guys, it might be tough. But Brooklyn has young players. They have assets. They have pieces that they can move. They have Dinwiddle. Jared Allen, Karius Levert, Torian Prince, uh, they have uh, Krukos, they have um, some of these, you know, great pieces who um, could work. They have second round picks, first round picks. I mean, they just added Landry Shamit and Bruce Brown, and so one or both of those guys could be involved in a deal. Not right at the moment because they have to wait until they're. Um, I think it's like. 30 days or 60 days or something before someone can get traded again. But we could see a playoff trade. We could see a trade next offseason. And this could all be um, the potential pieces involved. Number three on my list is the Boston Celtics. And I'll give you a couple of, of reasons why. Number one, we have the Gordon Hayward trade exception, which on paper, we don't know what the Celtics will do with that. But there are different routes they can take and one of those which a lot of people have been talking about is they use pieces that they get in this sign and trade um, to acquire a bigger star the Celtics could in theory trade for a guy who makes 12 million and another guy who makes 15 million and use those two pretty good role players to pair with the other pieces on their roster and make something happen draft picks young players I mean, in theory, Jalen Brown would have to be involved, or Jason Tatum, but I think the Celtics would rather get rid of Jalen Brown, and in the end of the day, if you can find a deal that works, then we could make something happen. The Celtics can't trade for James Harden using the trade exception, but if you trade for, like I said, a guy who makes $12 million, and then a guy who makes $15 million, and you add those two pieces into a deal, let's say next offseason, adding in... Jalen Brown, adding in some of the other young guys you have, plus draft picks. Boston makes sense. Then we have the Golden State Warriors, who are number four on my list. And I think Golden State has that Minnesota pick. They have Andrew Wiggins and Kelly Oubre. They have James Weissman and Eric Pascal. So if James Weissman finishes out this season being a top-tier center, young center, they have the Minnesota pick. They have... Let's just say Kelly Oubre is great, and so is Andrew Wiggins. And so if you do a James Weissman, Eric Pascal, Andrew Wiggins, some draft picks involved, there is a chance that could work. Although I think James Harden said he wouldn't want to go to Golden State, so that might take them out of contention. 
then we have uh, next up on our list is the Atlanta Hawks. Now, Atlanta, in theory, has a bunch of young players. And now that they added these veterans, they could be in the market to move many of these young players for a star to go along with Trey Young. Um, and so you could theoretically see one or multiple of these players, Kevin Herter, Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter, John Collins, Ankongwu, um, Clint Capella. We could see any of those guys or multiple of those guys plus draft picks getting moved in some sort of a uh, James Harden deal. And so um, if the Houston Rockets want youth and draft picks and Atlanta wants to kind of speed line this rebuild, in theory that could be a good deal. So I could see that taking place. Then we have the New Orleans Pelicans. And I think for New Orleans, outside of Zion, you're pretty much, I'm sure, going to let the door be open to who you want to trade away. You can say anyone else's fair game. Maybe not Brandon Ingram, but I think if you're given the chance to get James Harden, maybe Ingram is available. I think Steven Adams is also off the table just because I don't think the Houston Rockets, if they're looking to rebuild, would want someone of that caliber. So you could theoretically see Josh Hart or Nikhil Alexander-Walker or Lonzo Ball or Jackson Hayes um, or the variety of Lakers and Milwaukee picks getting moved to Houston. And if at the end of the day Houston um, is interested in that, New Orleans basically traded Drew Holiday and got James Harden, which would be an upgrade. So, in theory, I think New Orleans is next on my list there um, at 6 just because of that fact. Then we have the Indiana Pacers, and while I don't think Indiana has the draft assets um, needed, they do have young players and they do have pieces that could work, and so if there is a deal centered around Miles Turner and Victor Oladipo, which that's always probably an option, then I could theoretically see Indiana being involved. Maybe they add in Aaron Holiday and some draft picks, and that could be a good situation where we see something actually work. So I put Indiana at number seven. Then we have number eight on our list, which is uh, the Portland Trailblazers. And I think for Portland, I put them at number eight, and I didn't really put them too much higher because they have a lot of young players and draft picks, but there's no one person. Philadelphia has Ben Simmons. Brooklyn has uh, Karius LeVert. Celtics have Jalen Brown. Golden State has James Weissman and Andrew Wiggins. Atlanta has their core of young guys. New Orleans has, in theory, Lonzo Ball and a bunch of these other young guys. Indiana has Miles Turner and Old Depot. Um... Or I guess you could do Brogdon and Miles Turner, depending. Portland doesn't have that. I don't think Zach Collins, Arfrani Simmons, Gary Trent Jr., Nasir Little, they're good young players. They're just There's not one X factor. Yes, you could say Nurkic is that X factor, and if it takes Nurkic to get this trade done, I don't see Portland saying no on that basis. And so I put them at this point because you could, in theory, trade away the youth on your roster plus Nurkic and you could get James Harden so Portland I think is a little bit of an outside candidate but I think they could get it done then we have the Denver Nuggets who I think like Portland don't have that x-factor young player yeah Michael Porter Jr. can get there but he hasn't proven himself just yet so Portland 
unfortunately doesn't seem like they're um, going to be um, involved. Denver, I don't think they'll be either. So those two are kind of near the bottom. And then we have the Spurs, and I just put them in there as number 10 because I think, in theory, they do have draft picks. They do have young players, and if they wanted to do something and kind of you know change their course of action, then I wouldn't be surprised if they went out there and went for James Harden because if they plan on keeping DeRozan and Aldridge and they're like, let's get James Harden in here, we can have some sort of a big three, then maybe that's the choice. Popovich wants to do that, but I just don't see it. I think they're kind of in a rebuild or trying to rebuild at some point. Um, I know the Spurs don't do uh, the whole retooling thing um, because they've been with Tim Duncan and Ginobili and Parker for so long. But I don't think James Harden's their spot. So, in theory, I think the best location is Philadelphia because they do need a ball-dominant point guard who can shoot. I think Brooklyn will have their issues with Kyrie, but they have probably uh, a lot of good assets to throw out there. And then Boston uh, also can make something happen if they want to throw Jalen Brown in there, if they want to throw some of these other pieces in there. There's always options for the Celtics to, to potentially do something, and I could see it happening. So those are just the 10 teams that I think would make the most sense. You know, I think if you look at the rest of um, either the playoff teams or those who aren't in the playoffs, they either have no motivation to go out and get someone like James Harden. They don't have the assets. Or in the case of, I guess, the Lakers and, you know, Milwaukee, they don't have the room uh, cap space-wise. And unless they want to give up a core piece, it doesn't seem like that's happening. And, um, yeah, I don't think what the Lakers have is what Houston wants. And same goes for Milwaukee, both of which do not have draft picks of their own. And other teams out there, actually just New Orleans owns the... Uh, Milwaukee slash Lakers draft capital for the future time being. So they're not in it. So those are the 10. Philly, Brooklyn, Boston are my top three if James Harden gets moved. So Houston is now at a crossroads, and this is going to be a decision that could have rippling effects for their future. We have no idea what the uh, situation is going to look like two years from now, five years from now. And if the Houston Rockets want to really get themselves set up for success with these new sort of coach general manager um, in place, they might have to start from scratch and kind of build up with this new coach and kind of build up with um, their situation. You know, if you look at some of the greatest coaches in uh, the NBA, um, for example, Brad Stevens was a fairly unknown coach outside of the college world came to Boston and they got rid of Rondo they kind of started a rebuild they got smart they got these draft picks which became Jalen Brown and Tatum and so they're kind of rebuilding with you know him in the fold and kind of starting from scratch in that area and then you have the same thing with Golden State in a sense um, you had Steve Kerr who while a great player unknown in the coaching world and then kind of built his way up with Steph Curry and Clay Thompson before they became, you know, the big Splash Brothers with Draymond Green sort of in his infancy. You know, you had Harrison Barnes in the beginning. You added Andre Iguodala. And so in his case, he kind of kind of rose up the, the coaching ranks. And even 
Greg Popovich and himself, he kind of took over when you had Dave Robinson and then you got in Tim Duncan. And so you kind of, you know, roll, uh, rolled the dice with these two and kind of started your dynasty in that direction. You kind of got a little bit of uh, good luck with Tony Parker and Ginobili. And so he kind of started in that sense from scratch. And so, you know, I think for Houston, if I was a betting man, I would say get rid of Harden and kind of some of these other pieces and start from scratch and take the draft picks you can get and, you know, the players and kind of rebuild and retool. And I know it's not something you want to see if you're a fan of the Houston Rockets and you watch them make the playoffs every year. You don't want to have to see them struggle, but sometimes struggling is worth it in the end if you can get players and you can start over and you can do very well and make yourself successful. I mean, just take, you know... The Golden State Warriors, um, their rebuild, they kind of started from scratch, kind of Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond, and it worked. I mean, the Celtics had the 90s and most of the early 2000s where they were just awful. And then you bring in uh, Pierce with Garnett and Ray Allen, and you get your championship, and that starts off this Celtics you know, movement. And so they've been pretty successful ever since. Not making the finals every single year or not really making the finals at all out of um, the big three era outside of that. Um, but they were pretty good and have still been pretty good. And, you know, I think, you know, Houston might need to make that change.